Recorded live. Welcome to Scuba Obsessed. This is episode 15. We got quite a full show today. We have some more ringtones. We have a huge forum post. More diving, of course. Story of a lost camera. And then this week in the news, we have Tulsa regulator, Tulsa, Tulsa regulator (laughs) recall. Scrap metal drive for scuba gear. Million dollar cave diving system. Residents fight artificial scuba reef. Divers searching for plane and best but not last, or last but not best, one or the other, and breast explosion or drowning. Yes, you heard that correct, a breast explosion or a drowning. You know you've been, we've been doing this for a while when we finally come across that. <laughs> so how are you doing this week, Jim? I'm doing good. It seems like it's been an awful long time since we've uh, got together and talked scuba, so I'm ready for tonight. Yeah, how many miles has it been since we talked? <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, lots and lots and lots, I think. Well, it's good to see that you got back safe. That's a heck of a drive. Would you do that all in one shot? Yeah, we did. Um, uh, the, the drive coming back, we came back on, uh, let's see, it was spring break week in Florida. So the traffic going down, horrible. The traffic coming back, horrible. And uh, wow. Atlanta is, is my... Achilles heel of driving and uh, it proved to be where we were backed up most of our time too. Um, so, but it, it, you know, it was safe. Uh, it took us a little longer going down. I think it was uh, 20 hours coming back was 21, 22, something like that. Straight shot, you know, wanted to spend as much time there as we could and uh, get home as fast as we could. So it was a good trip. Good trip. Enjoyed it all. Now, did you have to drive the whole time or did you get a little bit of handoff? You know, we, uh, the only thing that made it possible was teamwork. Um, going down, my wife and I swapped back and forth, and then coming back, uh, uh, we did the same. And then my my eldest son Josh uh, drove the final leg. He was the uh, anchor and uh, brought us home. Excellent. Well, so so how was the trip overall? Great. It was. You know, uh, we had a good time visiting, um, and uh, our stayed with uh, my wife's sister and they took just wonderful care of us and and chauffeured us around and took care of us Um, the diving was really good too, it was a lot of fun we touched on that a bit last week but uh, uh, one of the highlights was uh, hitting Devil's Den and that was a really cool place to to be and uh, uh, on Facebook one of the comments was asking about uh, the hostess there, Rowena, Uh, she is absolutely top notch and she takes care of everybody that's there and, um, you know, everybody that I talked to there and, and in the area had nothing but good things to say about it. So it's a definite uh, go back for my family. So Devil's Den, so that means I'm going to have to find my way to get down there somehow. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I was going to try and uh, pull up some videos. I don't have the equipment to take video uh, or underwater pictures, but uh, it really is a fascinating place. It's not a huge place, Um you know, a day there, and you've uh, you've done a lot of the seen a lot of it, but uh, it's something that you you do have to see. It's very impressive. Ah, uh, so uh, you, go ahead. You got wet last weekend too, didn't you? Oh, I certainly did. Yeah, I, I did. I was able to get into the water. Uh, Good. Yeah, we, we uh, should we start into that or whatever you want to do. I'm uh, you know, know I'm free. Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. We don't no guest on the show tonight, so this one may be quick. And every time we say that, we roll on to about two hours. So <laughs> let's see how we let's see how we go. But uh, I want to thank. We have some five star reviews in iTunes, so we're up to two. I want to thank everybody Great. who's done that. Yep. So we had the one we had talked about before uh, from uh, Flanks. Flex, you know. Uh, the only thing worse than real names are fake names in these handles. <laughs> I, I don't think they're really meant to be pronounced, but uh, that wasn't me clearing my throat. That was P-H-A-L-A-N-X-D, flanked maybe. Uh, uh, yeah. But, but thank like you it. for that five-star review. And the most recent one is uh, the title is called Me Likey from Some Metal Fan. I can read that <laughs> one. And that one was just recently this week, so, so thank you. So uh, if you don't know what a five-star iTunes review is, uh, then we suggest that you go out there 
uh, subscribe to us on iTunes and drop in there and tell everybody how great the show is. Uh, it really helps us out. It gets more listeners to the program. The more listeners, the more we can able to do. So we keep trying to grow this program, and we appreciate you listening. And by no means, iTunes is not the only way to listen to it, but it's definitely one of the most popular. Also, if you want to listen or participate in live, you can head over to TalkShoe. That's at TalkShoe.com. We're show episode 73759. And if you happen to catch us while we record this on Thursday nights at 9, you can jump in the chat room and chat with us. And we also will take live callers. If you have a question and want to talk, we'll bring you on the show. So that's always great. Uh, now I get to close that down. But uh, the news, at first I thought this was going to be a slow news week for scuba and then i had to cut it off there's still more articles out there that didn't make it to the top of the heap <laughs> make make sure you're checking out again the scuba obsessed website that's at uh, scubaobsessed.com we had a couple good posts going in there this week uh, we had somebody asked in the forums about diving in cold weather and i thought it was going to be about a two minute write-up and about 10 lines and about four hours later and uh page and a half article we've got a posting out there but uh, and that's by no means all the great ideas is and i can't take credit for them we we stole all our knowledge from other people and that's the way to do it so uh thanks go to our dive club uh don mcenany uh rich actually who we had in the program last week he's quite a cold weather cold water dive expert so uh He's another excellent resource that we've borrowed information from. So, uh, you know, that's all we're here to do is learn as much as we can about diving. Yeah, I can honestly say that if uh, we had to go through this um, based on everything that we've learned ourselves or discovered ourselves, uh, we'd either be drowned or frozen. Um, oh, yeah. Because these, you know, you, you build on the knowledge of other people, and uh, you can you can sure pick up a lot if you're willing to ask and and uh, open your ears to some of the more experienced people. Yeah, and and that's how we got into cold water diving. Actually, is I, I'm noticing now in Twitter and on Facebook is as spring's coming and people who have decided that the winter's too cold for them to dive, they're coming back you know, talking about, you know, they want to dive sooner because they're, they're getting the itch because they haven't been in the water, mm -hmm. but it's cold. And we did it the other end. I mean, we were so into diving, you know, we, mm -hmm. we, we hated to see it end. Just yep. so, uh, with, with some preparation and actually it's good. I mean, you can definitely dive cold in the spring, which I, I would encourage anybody there. But the advantage I thought with us in the fall is we started off and it was warm and our gear, we didn't really need. I mean, we needed some thermal protection, but you know, the, the water was still relatively warm, but by diving every week and feeling a little bit of the cold, it encouraged us to make little changes. So we made those little changes over time until I'd say our peak of our cold water diving was New Year's Day in the river. Right, right. And that's that's when it got the coldest and uh, slowly it's been warming up since then. Yeah. <clears throat> so I think you're right because it, it kind of... Uh, uh, how's the old saying go? How do you boil a frog? Uh, a little bit at a time. That's kind of how we did it. It got colder and colder and colder till all of a sudden we're diving in uh, near freezing water. And, not, uh, not much more freezing. I've, I've heard this, no. some of the stories where they said it was crystallizing. We weren't quite at that point, but you know, when you look on your gauges and it reads 32 in flowing water, you know that that's pretty cold. Right. Yeah, that's as cold as it's going to get. And, and that's one translation of Celsius I can do. Uh, that's zero. Right. That makes it easy for us. Uh, uh, whatever happened to the metric system taking over uh, uh, here yeah, in so, the States? So, yeah, so everybody outside the U United States, you wonder how backwards we are. Everybody right. who's been born since uh, probably 1965 has learned metric in school only to properly forget it as an adult because it's not used anywhere over here other than maybe a, a few tools and maybe yeah. calories in the side of a cereal box. Everything else is all... Those all English and miles and Fahrenheit. So yep, yep. So yeah, uh, so that yeah, that's it. So go check on the the post. You can either jump in the forums and you know comment in there, or you can actually view it on the website. We have the post on there, and there's a whole lot of ideas. And if you have some more ideas, you know, comment in and say, hey, you forgot that, or if you have any questions, go ahead. We don't pretend to be an expert on everything, but we'll find the answer for you. Uh, because we're probably going to be just as interested in it as you are. 
so, oh, ringtones also. That's on the website. I I added a new set of ringtones. Did you get a chance to listen to that? I got a chance to listen to uh, number two, um, and I've got it on my phone. I've <laughs> the regular first regulator ringtone. Uh, it still kind of catches me off guard from time to time. <laughs> I'll, you know, I'll, I'll be deep in thought, and something will ring. No, wait a minute, what is that? So, who's got the regulator ringtone? Who do you have on your phone on that one? I don't. It's on one of my profiles. Oh, it's okay. it's not assigned to anybody. I haven't uh, you know oh. taken the time to do that yet. But I'm certainly um, like I've got uh, the dive club guys all have got uh, a certain picture that comes up, uh, and I think that's probably going to be the ringtone for for divers. That way I know it's the it's the bat phone that we may have a dive coming up. Okay, so uh, I'll edit both of those in. So this is what it sounds like the first ringtone. And then this is what the second ringtone sounds like. So on that second ringtone, if you if you heard that, you would definitely awaken. So those uh, those those must have been the ones for the dogs because I didn't hear either one of those. Yes, uh, yeah, those those are post edit uh, through the magic of of internet radio. Those those will come in. Oh, see, I gotcha. So, yeah, yeah. So. You, you, you ruin all our secrets, so we'll get I'll out. just follow your lead here. Follow my lead. <laughs> okay, so why don't we, uh, before we get into some of the fun in uh, of the diving that we've had, both down south and up here on north, and what our plans are, we'll go jump in the news and get that out of the way. Uh, again, we got a full news week. And the first one's going to be quick, but we've got a recall, which it's always sad that we have a recall, but I always consider it as a way of improving. As long as there's... No fatality involved. Uh, you know, it's better to recall and find it out early. Uh, right, take care of a potential problem. And I'm probably going to mispronounce this because I'm not feeling. You know, there's certain words I read all the time, but I can never. I, I have no idea how they pronounce. It. I've never heard anybody say it. So uh, I want to say it's Tabata recalls Tusa scuba regulators. So is that Tusa or Tulsa? Tulsa. I want to say Tulsa, I, I but there's no with- L. <laughs> yeah, the the Tulsa would be a stretch. I think the Tusa is sounds right to me. Well, because I see Tusa Scuba, but I'm sure it's an acronym that means something. So maybe Tabitha mm-hmm. Underwater. Yeah, I don't know. I, I we'll, we'll let it go. But anyway, they have a recall of uh, about 250 of their RS670 Scuba regulators. The first stage balance chamber plug can loosen from the Scuba regulator, causing a high-pressure leak and creating unstable pressure. I would think so. And then this poses a drowning hazard to divers. Uh, We'll have a link on it in our show notes so you can click to it. They have some specific serial numbers. We're not going to go and read those off. Uh, From what I understand is that if you bought one of these, it was most likely sold nationwide from May 2009 to September 2009 for 450 But if you have a regulator made by them you bought in the last two or three years, I would just double check on that. And you can take it into the store where you bought it from and they're going to be able to uh, do an inspection. And I, you know, I don't know if it's just they're inspecting or if they got parts that need to be replaced. Okay, the next story is... And then the name of the article just really doesn't go along with it. But And why I thought it was interesting is as we like to dive underwater and search for stuff, here's a case of some... Somebody who also likes to dive underwater, and this is, let's see their names here, uh, the Dive Recovery Team. So Canadian Harvard Aircraft Association is one of the groups this gentleman belongs to, and also Dive Recovery Team. So it's an interesting article about what they do. And this, uh, the team has 16 members, 12 of which were divers, and they put about 400 hours into research, 100 hours into underwater searches. What I thought was interesting was just a premise that they had named their group uh, the, dive, the Dive Recovery Team, but they wanted to make a point that even if you're not a diver, they need help. And I, I think that goes along with even what we do if we're searching for boats. There's just so much research you have to do behind the scenes just to, to know you're in the right area. I mean, you can just go out there and throw a, a dart into a map and search a spot, but... You know, it's right. that it's that background that really makes those searches viable. 
Yeah, it's it's kind of fascinating. Um, but uh, as we were talking, uh, uh, I think it was uh, Craig Rich was talking about, wasn't it, that uh, it, some of their stuff has come up from people looking on uh, Google Earth, uh, looking at some of the satellite images um, at just blank water, looking for shapes. And they've had some hits from, from things like that. Well, it certainly is. Uh, you know, I know right now, especially in the spring, it's a good time if you got a plane to get out in the coast and look in the water. And you can, you know, sand's moved around and mm-hmm. there, there's different colors. So you can kind of pick up on that. The, the sand on the top that they're used to seeing, some of that will scrape. And there's a darker layer that could be underneath. And, you know, if you have some sort of contrast or shapes, good time of the year to pick that out. So, uh, so we, we won't read a whole lot onto that article, but if you, if you're interested in underwater planes and this group happens to work with some veterans, uh, in the, in, uh, Canada, uh, it was a good article to go through. Uh, the next one is uh, blue Springs, Florida million dollar cave diving system. And this one fascinated me and it just goes out to prove a point that, there's there's a lot of money to be made in ecotourism and especially with diving so in, you know local businesses encouraging diving and we we listened last week where uh, rich was talking about you know w- when his people you know is that you go out and you mention that you're a diver in the town you know just to let everybody know that divers are bringing business in it's kind of the same i would encourage that to be anybody you know when i when i Went, right. went diving this last week and had my dive hat on and you know i try to hit a business when possible close to that dive site so it helps you know portray us in a positive light uh and and this is a case of where they've got a cave system down there and they did a study and the numbers i mean they went in expecting a positive outcome but when it went to check in so some of the numbers that from the article is that the economic impact of each diver was estimated to be approximately 146 to 167 dollars per per uh, per person per trip, which you know I can believe that you know if you got gas and you get a couple meals in and say you get some tanks refilled and if you actually use the local dive shop or something else around there or, and you know, local gas station yeah you yep. stayed overnight somewhere. I mean, it could easily be. So on average, I would say that's right. You could probably sneak in if you got your tanks full, you know, and, and get by with less, but you can also s- spend more. And they said based on the number of expected trips, so they're saying that cave divers, in this what this article's talking about, tend to come back to the same site over and over because there's stuff to explore. They said that it's about $1,070 per cave diver a year in economic impact. And so they were saying it was $575,000 per year down there. But what surprised them is they're looking and saying that as they completed the article and they updated their numbers to publish, the numbers had transformed into a million dollars a year just in the natural growth of the location. But what they were, what, what the, the study was saying is that they're now thinking, uh, saying that they should continue to promote this because there will be a drop-off. The end of the article was looking and saying that it was going to drop off because, you know, there's it's not a huge group of cave divers. They were going to get out and have explored a lot, and they really qu- were think weren't quite sure why that was dropping off. But that's what they were thinking, and they're and they're encouraging the opening of more of the cave systems. I guess this last year they found uh, a new leg of the cave system that went to a sinkhole, and the problem is the sinkholes on private property they don't have agreements to get on it. But then there's also other you know passages. I mean, you were down there, and I guess Florida is just a honeycomb. Yeah, it's you can't go into a, um, a dive shop uh, without finding some cave gear and uh, tech gear. And um, like I was describing to you, if if nobody's ever been down there, um, in front of the cave passages, which if you dive in a spring, there's a cave because the the water current coming in to feed that spring or that sinkhole is coming from a, um, a spring system. And uh, there's uh, warning signs in front of that where it goes from a cavern into a, an actual cave where, where you would be outside of ambient light and you couldn't see um, see natural light and that sort of thing. Uh, and it's got a Grim Reaper. And 
you know, it's pretty serious stuff, but there are a lot of cave divers down there. Jenny Springs is nationally known. Um, all sorts of all sorts of places in northern Florida. Yeah. So they were what they're trying to encourage is they said that they needed to change some of the access. There's a couple spar- spots that are only accessible by boat. Uh, they said second, if divers are granted access to newly discovered passages, it also have an impact. Very this very interesting article. And uh, I'm, I'm trying to find out they had it. They had said how long this cave system was that was just where everybody was going. Um, so they, they said that uh, they thought that most people were doing 6.67 trips. So that must be one trip. You don't go all the way in. And then they were going right. to go up to 7.81 trips to do to do the caves. Yeah, this, this, this article is a neat look at the backside of diving um you know the the financial impact and what people hope to to have uh, grow from a dive site i'm trying to think back and the numbers that they talk about are, are really realistic uh you know if you talk about going to, to restaurants before the dive after the dive uh, filling up your car getting snacks uh, buying any gear that you needed to access uh fees yeah. Um, this owner could uh, charge access fees, um, you know, to get in, and uh, it's interesting. And, and you look at the number of divers; it's really not that many. It just shows the opportunity. If you develop an area, you encourage diving, you get people in. Just how much, how much uh, money there can be made for community, and we're there for positive. You know, I mean, there's other events that people might bring in that are tourism that have negative things that can that are outcomes of them you're you're, you're not going to have i doubt you know there's going to be a bad apple in a bunch but i doubt you've got divers sure. who are vandals uh you know that you're not bringing a, a crime element in in most cases with divers so it's a, it's a good activity to encourage it's definitely not something on its own that could carry a community but you know in, in economic times like we have here any little bit can help. And that's why this next article is so puzzling, where in Canada there's a town that is just, they're threatening to sue over scuba tourism. And I tried to read it as many different ways as I can to see maybe did I pick something up. And uh, it's angry British Columbia residents vow to fight an artificial reef scuba tourism scheme. And, and I don't know if schemes the the bad the right word for it, but landowners of uh, Game Beer Island are threatening to use a constitutional challenge to fight to keep an old naval wreck from being sunk as an artificial re- a reef. And just the way it's written, it makes it sound like they're afraid of contamination. You know, like this is junk that's being pitched there. And I can assure you that's not the case. They could scrap this vessel or sell it as scrap. Mm-hmm. It's, it's expensive to sink one. I it's, mean, it's it's not a cheap way to get rid of a, of a... Yeah, that's not your primary method for disposing of a boat. Mm-mm. I mean, if you're going to do that, that's where you just kind of like drive the boat out in the middle of the night and go, oops, and it lands at the bottom. That's one thing. <laughs> right. But, I mean, when they intentionally sink it, they strip, you know, they, they take anything that has oil in it, they take it out, any asbestos comes out. Uh, they'll cut open passages. Uh, what's interesting about this wreck is it's the Canadian helicopter destroyer HMCS Annapolis, uh, and it's going to be sunk in the Halkett Bay. And it's it's going to be unique because it's one of the biggest wrecks near a large city in British Columbia. And they're saying that because it's a helicopter vessel, there's going to be this huge cavern, which is cave-like, so it's going to also be unique. So expecting it to be quite a draw. So they're going to be drawing people in. And I just have to believe that's really what it is, is it's not so much a contamination that people are concerned with. I think that's just a red herring. I think they're really trying to just, they don't want people coming in. Right. They want to reduce the traffic through their comfortable town. Yeah. So that's that's kind of sad. Uh, yeah, I'd like to volunteer. If the Canadian government wants to give us the vessel, we'll find a spot to sink it. We'll sink it off the end of the St. Joe Pier. There you go. Uh, I was going to say Lake 16, but I'm sure that this vessel is about the whole size of Lake 16. <laughs> you could probably put Lake 16 up on the deck. <laughs> That's true. <clears throat> so, yeah, yeah, pretty neat. <laughs> yeah. So uh, 
We'll see how that ends up turning out. And then uh, this next article is a scrap metal drive for scuba gear. This is a fire department that's actually doing a scrap metal drive. They're collecting scraps of all sorts, tanks, anything that's not that has doesn't have compressed gas or liquid in it. That's a metal they're taking, and they're they're gonna they're gonna use the money to buy gear. They've already raised sixty five hundred, and uh, a you know basic dive setup can cost twenty eight hundred dollars. So they're trying to get some money. So this is out of Grayson, Kentucky. And it's a volunteer depart- fire department. So if you're down there and you got some metal, go look them up. And we'll have a link uh, from the website in the show notes. And then this last article, I, I couldn't believe. I mean, I, I guess we've been on the air long enough to have some of these. It, it made a good teaser, I thought, in Twitter as I posted it. I'm, I'm hoping that somebody, or maybe I drove them away. Maybe they don't like my scandalous reporting. And I'm going to sound like an old guy because I have no idea who Jordan is. So former glamour model Katie Price, a.k.a. Jordan, who's 31. So she's not that much younger than us, but I have no idea who he is. Do you know who Jordan is? No, no, I don't. But you know what's kind of funny is I'm trying to open the link. Uh-huh. Uh, it's closed. <laughs> I can't pull up the link. But no, I've never heard of, you know, mm Okay. Times of India. Yep. So they, they close the Times of India? <laughs> um, the link, you know, all of my other links here are working. Huh. Yeah, maybe they maybe they filled up their internet's full. So uh, yeah. <laughs> so it is, it, it, as the story goes, and, and this is all written almost like, like a rumor site, but it just is going to be some interesting conversations we get into it. So Jordan 31 is said to be desperate to take a plunge in the Red Sea to dive with her husband. I guess her husband, Alex Reed, who I have no idea who he is either, uh, is supposed to be a dive fanatic. And, and we can relate to that. We're scuba obsessed. so Yeah, absolutely. Nothing so, wrong with that. So we know what that is. And, uh, you know, neither of our wives currently dive. We keep working on them. And sometime maybe they'll we'll, we'll talk them into it. But they're not current divers. So, uh, you know, good to him that... He's able to get him in, but she has been told that her 32 double D chest could drag her beneath the waves as her silicone implants are heavier than water. And I'm thinking, I don't care if her silicone implants are made of lead. Of course, they would be lead implants then, but they'd I, be drooping. Yeah, there'd be some serious droopage, but there, I can't see. That wouldn't be something you could you could overcome. I mean, a little bit extra mass. I mean, in general, and I'm sure she's model skinny, but most humans are naturally buoyant. So even if she's been augmented with silicone, she's not going to sink. And nobody is out there diving these days without a BC, so you're going to have buoyancy. And <laughs> she's... She's most likely going to be be weighted down to begin with to go down. So, yeah, that's that's what the first thing that went off in my mind was that, what the heck are they talking about? So it sounds like somebody didn't have their facts correct. It, it, it I don't know. I I just chalk that up to a, a tabloid. Yep. And then the next part of it is they said that uh, I guess she's also been trying to have a family. So the the tabloids have the rumor that she's pregnant and that puts it off, which that doesn't necessarily put you off, but you'd have to be careful and go to the doctor and get approval. So there's, so the article goes in to say that is probably that, that talked about it. But then (laughs) later on, they, they, they talked about, and they, they made it sound like there's that her implants would explode underwater. I don't get that part. I, I, I guess I just, I'm not an expert in the area. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe we need a test. Maybe we need to find a supermodel with large, gigantic silicone implants and do a live test. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you I try could, and get that one passed. Yeah, I, I, th- I think I'm going to have a hard time with that one getting approval. But, <laughs> but I just, I it doesn't make any sense to me. I just don't, I mean... Because we've we dive with a lot of stuff going down. I mean, yeah, some things like a styrofoam cup you dive and those compress, but silicone, 
I'm I just don't picture silicone compressing and then exploding because the pressure is going to be equal all the way around. Right. So it, it it just sounds like a completely made up story or somebody's taught you know it's like the, somebody's source was the buddy down the street or in the cube next to him. So. <laughs> Uh, but uh, and so they cited all this as justification of why she won't go diving. So anyway, the the article's on there if you just can't get enough of it. Uh, so that gets us through the news. So th- we'll have some more next week. So well, how- here I I can uh, just to carry on to that. I I pulled up on the Dan website, Divers Alert Network, um, and um, th- what they're talking about is uh, that there is a waiting period after a surgery. Um, but they're talking about uh, saline implants there. Um, I guess they're not really talking about uh, well, silicone. Well, right. You can't, You can't. at least in the U.S. now, I don't believe you can get silicone implants. I think you can in Canada and Mexico, but not in the U.S., which is scary that I know that information. Yeah, why do you know that? I, I know that, so... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, cancer reconstruction, you know, that's a... Sure, I understand. Exactly. I understand. That, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Right, right. Uh, but saline even makes less sense to me, because that would be... I mean, that that is water. Right. And that's they were talking about a relatively short time frame after surgery where you so, could, yeah, could I, do I that. Yeah, well, you got to heal. I mean... So you're okay. Yeah, I, I, I mean... I'm in support of breast implants, actually, <laughs> You're very supportive. Yeah, I'll support any breast implants. <laughs> okay. Uh, we, we, we better get on to something. That won't get me in so much trouble. Maybe half as much trouble. So, you, have you gotten any diving in since our last show? No, I haven't. Um, but I have. Uh, I, I hit the local scuba shop and kind of looked at stuff. And back to my investigating about dry suits and, uh, you know, going back and forth about what I really want versus what I really need and um, but I'm ready for this weekend I, I think we're gonna be able to get get wet this weekend and uh, and have some fun what about you I actually did get a dive in uh, I, I we just uh, I went out with Kurt we went up to Lake 16 we didn't really know what we we're gonna do it was one of those uh, I mean you, you plan your dive and dive your plan but we just didn't make the plan until I got over to his house. <laughs> so right. I drove over. So I literally over. a pickup dive. Yeah, literally. Well, and he has a pickup, which was, was kind of handy. So right. Uh, my wife was out of town, so she had the scuba vehicle. So I was in the uh, white car of death, and uh, I w- went over and and got my gear, and we were we, were, we decided where we were going to go. And Kirk's a tech diver, so you know, anytime one of us regular humble. Everyday divers gets to dive with a tech diver. It's a, it's a treat. But the you know the you know, he's diving with what is that one nineteens? They've got they got steel tanks one nineteen. So he has a little bit of air. And considering I'm an air addict and I'll suck down a tank faster than anybody, uh, there's a little bit of concern. So one of the benefits of uh, diving with Kurt and actually meeting over his house. I didn't know if you knew this, Jim, but he's actually got his own compressor. Bum, 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 bum. Oh man, that's a good deal. It is, it is. Uh, you know, and I definitely encourage using local dive shops. And you know, if you're going to have the responsibility of compressor, you definitely need to keep it maintained and filters changed and tested every once in a while. But man, he showed me that compressor. Uh, he topped off the tank, so you know, and and that's kind of one of those complaints. We get air filled all over, especially as it gets here in the summer. Getting a good fill. I like my fills to be right at three thousand. Right. And it if unless you're leaving your tank there, if you go in and you want a fill the same day, almost maybe it's like a fill penalty, but you can sometimes you're lucky to get, you know, twenty six hundred. You know, if they right. if they don't like let it sit for a second and top it back off. So uh we went down there and took the tanks and up on the and, and the compressor and he's got a nice unit. It's a professional he's got a cascade he's got i mean he even does his own nitrox i'm not nitrox certified so i didn't i didn't partake of any nitrox but uh he did top off my tank and i have to say not even just a little nip no you know i I was tempted though you know sure maybe a little helium or uh 
sodium pentothal or what was it? But uh, <laughs> no, that's that's going so that's something, else, something else. Yeah, that's that's the other show. Oh, that's the other show. Okay, so uh, but yeah, that that was that was interesting to have the tanks and just uh, you know, of course, he's a tech diver, so he had to throw about three converters on to go from a din to a uh, a regular uh, right. to our yoke style to our yokes exactly. So. Uh, but that was nice. So I had, uh, and, and I had tanks. I had my two tanks. I borrowed a couple tanks from Mac and I had Good. the pony tank. So we, we topped all of them off. So what our plan was, is we're going to go to Lake 16. He wanted to show me the course. And one of the courses is a little longer than what I could probably do in a straight 80 tank. So we took the pony and we set it up and he had, uh, we could put a regulator on it and got all in and we, we spent a little bit of time figuring out how we're going to sling it. Cause I've got a nice BC. It's a U.S. diver BC, but it's definitely not a tech setup. You know, it doesn't have lots of rings. So right. we figured out how to do that. We had a couple options Good. that we were playing on doing the rings, but you know, you got to keep it safe. So like you can't tie anything off to the weight belt in case you have to dump. So you know, as you're brainstorming, we rolled a few of those options out. So anyway, we, we got up to Martin and, and it was a, a nice day. We, there were no divers there when we, when we got there and there's almost always, Divers there as we get farther into the season. Water was clear. And see, you you and I have only been there in the winter until now. Right. And from the shore, you can see there's a sandbar out there. And then right. a sandbar goes down to a wall, and it's a pretty steep wall. What this was is this is a, we call it Lake 16, but it used to be a mica mine or a quarry. Okay, see, I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know I that didn't... was a mica quarry? Right. No, they, they, yeah, they used to uh, mine mica there. And I don't know if Micah is the Micah part of Four Micah. <laughs> I <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, Micah, I'm a but, fan of Micah then. Yeah, but it's really it's supposed to be a really fine material, which they said that's why when you get on the bottom there and you stir the silt up, that it stays suspended so long is that's a really fine material. So anyway, okay. uh, so we were all geared up. We went out there, and it was a nice dive. Uh, it was cold though. Or relatively cold. I didn't feel cold. You know, I did our normal same prep I would do for an ice dive. And uh, the air temperature was nice. It was about 62 in the air when we started. Uh, the, the rough thing is, uh, sw- you know, because we were trying to conserve air, you sw- we swam out to where the platform was underneath us. And that's a little bit long of a swim. <laughs> it, was a, it was quite a long walk for uh, when we did the ice dive. Yeah, I can remember uh, when we were doing the ice dive thinking, oh, I don't want to do that. But Dragging sleds and everything over there. Yeah. So you guys did a surface swim out there, huh? Those are, those are great. Uh, yeah, I could get the heart pumping, which I, mm-hmm. I need more of. But we got out there, uh, got all set, went down. Uh, I had my camera with me. I took a couple pictures on the surface, took a couple pictures down. Uh, we I set... haven't seen any pictures. Oh, there's an explanation to that. It'll, we'll come to it. Oh. So, so uh, we... we Took some down. Uh, they have the observation. They have the booth. You know, it's like the booth we saw at uh, Diamond Lake. Right. They've got one down there, and I can't believe I missed it. All those times that we've been there in an ice dive. That's right there. Now, you you didn't see that when we were down there. I did not see that. <laughs> you were right next to me. I know. I don't know how I missed it. <laughs> I. I I, I, well, I mean, isn't I, that interesting, though? I mean, when you think about it, you can go to a place two or three times and uh, and pick something new up every time, and there's a good example of that. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's a small item, but I just never really keyed on it. I mean, and I saw a structure there, but it mm-hmm. just never connected to me. That was a communications booth. And for those who, maybe who aren't divers or, you know, uh, the communications booth is any anything that is designed to hold an air pocket so you can pop your head up and talk. And you usually have to put some fresh air into it. You know, it can get kind of stale and it smells a little musty, but we went up in there, but that is the last time I remember seeing the camera. Is is at that moment. Yeah. So, and the camera's positively buoyant. Uh, so we headed down the line and then we're probably at this point about 65 feet down. And I realized I didn't have the camera. And so, you know, I'm thinking, now, do I tell them to go up? We go look for the camera. I'm thinking, you know what? That's a nice thing about the camera. I'm not out that much money. It served the purpose of what I wanted to do. I just wanted to use it as a proof of concept. So right, it'll float to the surface. And the wind was blowing in. So the wind was blowing right to the docks, the deck, the dock, the boat <laughs> the, ramp. 
Right. There's no dock. There's a boat ramp. So I figured I'd just go and pick it up on the on the way out. So we went down the line, and there are a lot of boats in the bottom of Lake 16. <laughs> That's see, no, I've I've never been down the line when when we went ice diving. It was only you know the proximity of tether around around the platform directly underneath the hole. So what's all down there? More boats. There's uh, we saw I saw a snowmobile. I saw at least three or four more boats. And it, 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 the lake wasn't dark. I mean, it wasn't like uh, Singer Lake dark where it's just pitch black, you know, 12 feet down. Uh, it was about, it, it was probably about the same clarity of when we did the ice dive. Okay. So, uh, but it, it was a really good dive. And I, and I didn't really start to get cold until I probably hit about 65 feet. And I got down to 79. I guess the lake is about 83 at the deepest, if you hunt for it, there's some arguments over whether it's 79 or 83. And I read 79, and Kurt on his computer read 81. Mm-hmm. But he also said he stuck his arm in the bottom. So well, I, think yeah. that's, I think that's a strategy <laughs> I need to do. I need to take my computer and just ramp. No, I mean, that's not a good idea. No, probably not. Probably not. Um, yeah, probably because it's not as cheap as your, your, as your camera was to replace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, I would cry over the dive computer dying. Not so much. What over. did, what temperature did you record down there? It was thirty nine at depth, so thirty nine at seventy nine feet. Okay. So, uh, and and we we had a good dive. Uh, after we got out, we did a kind of a post review of some things he'd like me to do differently. Uh, I didn't keep up even with him as much as he uh-huh. liked. Uh, which is right. which is fine, but I I kept you know, my buoyancy. I I thought I was a little rusty this time on buoyancy. It's nice getting back to depth again. Right. So at right. depth I wasn't too bad, but uh, keeping off the bottom, there's a couple times I hit. So then I compensated by staying a couple feet above the line, and I I think that kind of bothered him a little bit. I think he'd like me to be a little bit more where he was at, but uh, right. I, I kind of felt as long as I was. As I could see the line and I was hand distance from the line, I was okay. So right. that's just something when you're work, breaking in a new dive buddy is just learning preferences. So that'll be an adjustment for next time. But we did a good right. course. Uh, he, he did a good lead. You know, showed me around to the the stuff and when there's stuff of interest and we pointed out and you know every as we got to each boat you know we we swam around it and looked inside and you know nothing super amazing. These are all uh, I would say 15 foot to 22 foot. Uh, boats. Mm-hmm. But it was a uh, it was a good dive overall, right? Good dive overall. Oh, and there's also a, there was a car down there, so we did see a uh, I think it was a station wagon. You know, isn't it, it uh, interesting how you're just trying to absorb so much? And at in, in depth and dark, there's not a lot, but it's almost like you know a crime scene. You know, you ever do those right. crime simulations where they have somebody come in and take something, you have to describe them, and you can't. It's kind of the same thing with your diving. It's like all these different things, you know, because you're you're checking your air and you're looking around and you know just the sounds and all the stimulus, just trying to remember as much as you can. And you you, you can go back three or four times the same spot. And he said that this was actually he's now dove more than fifty dives just at Lake Sixteen. Wow, that's very good. <laughs> yep, that's very good. So yeah, so, so we we, we is came this back something up. that you do again right away. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have a problem doing that Good. again. Uh, I, it, it is kind of a long drive. I kind of wasn't anticipating going that far. Luckily, family and everybody worked out well with it, and nobody right. was was grumpy for me being that gone that long. But, you know, you definitely, it's not a little pick-me-up-and-go. Uh, for us, from here, it's about a little over an hour. And then, you know, you got an hour there. I mean, it was an hour dive. Uh, I think I had like 30, 39 minutes of uh, bottom time. Right. Uh, so on on the on the way back up the line, uh, we we got back to the platform, and then we uh, decided we we're going to try out the pony bottle, and we we pre planned this, so it's not a surprise. So I I went off my regular regulator and onto the other one, and I think I must have turned it on too fast because I had a free flow. That'll wake you up on it. Yeah, well, so it's just like free flowing away, and I'm looking at it. So I, you know, and then you're switching regulators, you know. And, I, and I've done that a few times before, mm-hmm. but you know, I've got I'm breathing on the free flowing regulator, and then I've got to go take that one in and put them. And, and you're and you're kind of and it's good to do this as a practice because now I'm trying to think what's the order in which I want to do it. And in the meantime, 
And I saw Kirk do it. He turns he turns off the pony bottle because mm-hmm. he's trying to help me out. And uh, and he he said he was wondering was I going to take it out? You know the uh, the uh, the other <laughs> one out of the mouth because now it's shut off. Right. <laughs> so I get mine back in, and then we slowly turn the pony back on. And breathed off and was fine. So either I bumped the uh, the purge button, or had just turned right. it on too quick. But that right. was uh, it was it was a good practice, and it's nice to do that exchange. And uh, I dove, <laughs> and that bottle had uh, we dove on it quite a while because there was three thousand pounds in the pony. We had to free flow, and it's a thirty. Uh, so. We had a free flow, and then, I don't know, I dove maybe five, ten minutes on it, and then we decided to head on in. And I still had a 1,000 pounds in my 80 at that point. So on the dive in, because I didn't want to drain the pony, because I knew I wanted to drain my 80, I went on to that. And then we swam on the way in. And, of course, on the way in, I'm looking for the dive camera, and I can't find it. And one thing we did notice that I thought was odd is there's a lot of small dead fish, because there's like a sandbar. And then it goes deep, and then it comes up to the boat ramp. So the sandbar is maybe four feet, and then it goes back down to maybe eight, twelve feet. You know, I might be over exaggerating. It might be six to nine feet, but you know, and that's where you've got some aquatic plant life there, and there were dead fish on the bottom. So I, I don't know how many there are supposed to be. But it just right. seemed like a lot. Now the wind was blowing in, so maybe they died in other parts of the lake, floated to the top, and then got waterlogged and sank to the bottom. But you know, nothing had been munching on them yet, and they were still whole. They were varying between three inches and six inches in length. Probably saw not quite a dozen, maybe eight, nine. And I didn't say anything, and Kurt said, did you notice all the dead fish? So he saw it too, so it wasn't just me. So it must have uh, stood out as odd rather than just a normal die-off, huh? Yeah. So we'll just have to, yeah, it'd be nice to keep a watch in the ecology, see if there's something going on there at that lake. You know, it is spring, so you know, maybe, I mean, wouldn't that suck to be a fish and you make it all the way through winter and then die? Just as stuff starts <laughs> to come back. And like, well, I'm not so sure that they they look at it like they, that. You don't think yeah, they're rationalizing it? You know, <laughs> no, no, no why me? <laughs> yeah, why me? Why why? I worked so hard. <laughs> I'm not so sure they do that. But I raised twenty thousand fry last year and now I die, so That's right. That's right. <clears throat> we searched along the and looked for the camera and I couldn't find it. And then other divers came as we were breaking down. Uh so you know, if you're one of those other divers, drop us a line. Uh, so uh, a mixture of tech and others they had uh and by the time we got put put up and away, we got to talk to them as they came out of the water and share some stories, which that's one of the great things about diving is uh, the storytelling. And, uh, you know, the, the guy with probably the best gear, he didn't get down because he had uh, an ear problem going. He just said he couldn't equalize. So, Right. Uh, that's always, and that happens. Yeah, it does. Even to the best of us, you get where you can't equalize. And and then there was, uh, was there's an, there's another guy there. There's, a, there's about four people. And uh, most of them had some mixture of tech-type equipment. One was in a regular single, but everybody else is tech. So, and then got a good, uh, you know, went went to the one of the local establishments there, spread a little scuba money around to uh, the local bar, and uh, we got to chat with those people. So uh, a, a great time overall. Thanks to right. Kurt for uh, driving and you know, escorting me around the site and. Just another dive in the belt and a little bit more experience. Right, and that's what it's all about. And, you know, I look at it as uh, you were talking about practicing and things like that. I look at every one, every dive that I do is something that I want to learn from. And I can't recommend enough doing a couple of the drills that you do in uh, in your open water. Um, don't let your open water class be the last time that you do a, a mask replacement underwater or a regulator exchange or things like that these are things that you can do on every dive um you know just as a to make sure that you can do it um i can't recommend enough that you you run through some of those drills not all of them not a lot one or two every time you go out you cover all the bases 
keeps you sharp on that kind of stuff. Definitely. And a lot of it's a mental exercise, even if you're not equipped or geared up. Just the mental exercise of, of rushing, running through, what would I do if? And uh, I've heard some people say that every time they take off their, uh, their BC or their weight belt, if they're wearing one, they practice ditching their weights. So, mm-hmm. and I know some some of your BCs you don't want to ditch the weights because they can be kind of tough to get in. But also, like uh, the type of weight system you have in your BC, seems like that'd be something you'd want to test because it seems like a potential for jamming or maybe stiff. Yeah, it's uh, it would be a possibility, and I have looked at that. And um, it, what you do is it's got it's retained in by a clip and by Velcro. Um, you know, and there's that debate could rage on forever i'm sure about integrated bcs and um the evils or the the pluses of them i like it it's easy right now um i see eventually moving away from that down the down the road but that's quite a bit uh but i have tried it and i can get them out pretty readily and uh, i've also tried them from another position standing in front to make sure another diver could get them off of my bc with no problem and they come out pretty good Um, so i'm I'm pretty content with that so that's good just you know try some of those drills so it was that that was nice so oh i that was pretty much it for that dive but you know the the what the end of one dive brings is just the beginning of the planning for the next one that's exactly right. You know, I was thinking about <clears throat> my last week and something I'd share with you. I thought it was kind of funny. You might not think so, but as we were down down uh, on Rainbow River last week, we had uh, rented a pontoon, and uh, down, Rainbow River is very clear river. It's spring uh, feeding out uh, to meet up with another river and eventually going out into the Gulf. Um, there are alligators basking up in the grass on the riverbank and things like that. And we pick out a, a dive location and there's a, a little alligator up in the grass. Now I'm thinking, you know, this is the first time I've ever dove knowingly around one when I, I saw that they were there for sure. I mean, I've, I've been in this river before, but I didn't pay any attention, I guess. It, so what do we do? We take it the pontoon boat close to him spooks him and he goes under the water and i'm thinking great i knew where he was just a minute ago <laughs> now i'm not quite so sure uh, i gotta admit that kind of gave me the heebie-jeebies just a little bit um but he wasn't big enough to do anything more than just a nasty flesh wound i don't think uh so he he probably hightailed it away from us as fast as he could but um that was my first experience with that wow that's neat I think. Well, yeah, <laughs> it was, you know, uh, it was just, you know, we were talking about uh, things that can eat you or hurt you, and that's kind of popped into my mind. And hmm. So did you yeah. do something? So you got in the water after that? Oh, yeah, we all got in, and we swam and, and scuba, and, you know, it's it really shallow there. It's a great uh, it's a great river. If anybody's in the area, um, one of the things that they're doing that looks like a lot of fun and we're going to do it next time is just tube down that river. Um, Oh yeah. Very, very clean. Um, on the boats, if you go up the rainbow river, if you rent a boat or you, you go down there and plan on picnicking or anything like that, um, they don't allow disposable bottles, um, trash, candy wrappers, things like that. Um, they are very serious about keeping this stretch of the river clean and they're doing a wonderful job. It's a great place to visit. That is great. Uh, t- tubing, and I haven't done it in a number of years, but that's a blast. We got some tubing rivers up here, and you, but the best way to do it, and maybe the only way to do it, I don't know, the other way is, you know, you, you get in on the, the high side and you float on down and you have a way of getting out the bottom. Yep. Exactly. And, uh, you, know, you, you make a day of it. It's a good family event. You, know, you kind of all kind of raft together and go. You know, of course, you know, after you do that, then you're thinking, well, I could throw a couple tanks in one tube and, you know, maybe a rag. Cause, you know, you, maybe if you see something. Well, I have to admit, one of my thoughts was uh, everybody could go down in a tube and they could carry my dive flag and then I'll just dive around underneath as we drift down the river. Ah. That, that might be the plan for next year, I'm thinking. Yeah, well, I, see, actually we could work on something. We could have some slings, some spare tanks underneath the tubes. Right. Right. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. But anyway, I thought that was kind of kind of funny. 
Um, so, uh, what what are the plans for for this coming week for diving? Well, I understand that Mac is back in dive shape, or at least he's planning right. on it. I don't know if he's been given the yep. green light yet, or will be in a couple of days. But he wants to get a shallow dive in, uh, ease into it after uh, he's had a uh, little bit of a uh, re- related to an illness. So, you know, doctor said, "Hey, better to stay out." And you always want to listen to the doctor that way. But he's ready to get back in. And get wet, and I think we're going to do Paw Paw Lake and maybe Eleni Bay. And I'm not, it doesn't right. necessarily have to be, I'm, I'm open, it could be there or someplace else, but that's a nice familiar spot that we've right. all been before. Yeah, right. And I'm sure there's still stuff to discover because when we do this spot, we're going to be doing some grubbing. Right. And yep, we're going to be doing some grubbing, and if if nobody's ever done that, it's uh, it's interesting uh, the first time that you do it because uh, visibility is not going to be what you uh, normally would want it to be. Yeah, uh, visibility is really not a factor or consideration in this. Uh, we just have enough visibility or contact to know that you're right next to your dive buddy, but other than that, it's uh, it's not every man for himself, but we're definitely making some clouds trying to find out what we can find. And uh, I like to think of it not that we're searching for stuff, but that we're cleaning the bottom, an ecology dive. So uh, <laughs> That's if, true. if you like to collect old bottles, it's a unique way of getting to it. Because there's really, I mean, we've probably met half the people who have ever dove in that spot. So it's not like it's been picked over. So there's And there's always something to find. Because there's new stuff going all the time. I'm amazed... When I find something that's only been, that you can tell it's only been in the water a few months. Right. Yeah, because it's not salt water, so stuff doesn't corrode right away, but it does. I mean, it will rust. And mm-hmm. uh, that shiny pair of uh, pliers is uh, something that just got dropped in. And we've, we have a nice reception from people who live out there uh, encouraging us to, uh, you know, clean up, you know, friendly, you know, let us borrow their docks and stuff. So that's that's always a nice spot. That was one of our last... I think was that one of our last dives of the year was there? I'm trying to think. No, no, we yeah, did some river, we we did some river dives, didn't we? I guess if you count that's the, right. we did some river dives since then, but that was kind of the the last stationary body of water. So we've got that, and then we've also got an invitation. Uh, I see that Bob's on his way down to Florida, and he's uh, left us the keys to the boat. So if we get an itching for. Uh, a boat dive. There's that's that's an opportunity too. So we'll have to maybe ah. maybe another weekend uh, plan one of that if he's not back by that time. Right, right. And I haven't heard from Kurt, so I don't know if he's got a a dive plan that he wants to do. I know he's not a big fan of grubbing. He's more of a you know go out and see stuff. So uh, right. Well, I talked to him and I think he's going to join us uh, at oh. Paw Paw. Oh, really? Cool. Yep. So. Uh, that's uh, that's going to be a good a good kind of a club dive almost, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I do know that he's itching to get back out onto the big lake, and uh, that's kind of where he loves to be. Yeah, it is, oh, and it's good. And and like we've said, it's uh, they're almost all new dives for us, so we can't wait to get out there ourselves. Yeah, no doubt about it. So no. is is Josh going to come and join us? Yes, he is. I think oh. what we're going to do is uh, he's going to raid uh, my core warmer and uh, with a hood and see if that works for him and uh, start the season off. And now, uh, did, did he prime this last time? Uh, no, because at at that time, uh, the water really, we didn't suspect that it was going to be that cold. The air temp was, yeah. I don't so, know. So, so maybe if we get him to uh, steep his uh, hood a little bit and get that warm that might help him because if I remember, he had kind of that ice cream headache going. Yep, yep. I think for the most part, uh, everything was good except for his face, and uh, the priming and uh, gearing up and staying warm, I think, is going to do do wonders. And that's the nice thing about where we're going to be is it's it's easy entry, easy exit. Um, you know, from there, it's just a, a short walk up to a warm car. And uh, if if he doesn't like the temp you know, then we'll figure something else out. Okay. Well, uh, a good plan. And it was, it was warmer. I mean, even though it was 39 at depth, it wasn't, it was warmer up the surface and really, and part of it's a compression. I mean, I, I really start to notice when I get below uh, 65 feet, 
I can really tell that compression is, you know, part of it's getting dark. I still say that when it gets dark, it feels colder. But that right. compression of that, that seven millimeter wetsuit as you get colder also. And and so as you come up, you kind of like, ah, you start to warm up as that insulation kicks in. And I wasn't cold coming out of the water at all. That's great. That's great. Did you guys notice if there was a thermocline setting up yet? I didn't feel a thermocline. There wasn't anything I noticed. So, okay. but you know, I'm, I really don't have a whole lot of exposed skin either. Right. I, I had less, you know, my face went, you know, pretty much it, it numbs up pretty quick. So you just don't even know. <laughs> right. It turns purple and you know, nah, it's, it wasn't, it wasn't bad, but none of that, nothing you've got to cut off after the end of the dive. Yeah. Right. So, nope. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So we'll have some of that. And unfortunately no underwater pictures. And if you happen to, to find the camera, <laughs> You know, and, and I, 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 it does have pictures of Kurt on, but I can't prove that was the cause of any loss. So, oh, zing. Yeah. He doesn't listen to me. So, uh, okay. (laughs) Oh, excuse me. We'll edit that cough out. So, uh, yeah, so I I was a little bummed I lost the camera, but yeah, it just gives me an excuse to upgrade to a little bit nicer one that I won't lose. But I did learn, you know, maybe... I should put my name on it so if somebody does find it, they could find its way back. And as much right. as I like that transparent housing, if it was on the surface, it's possibility I walked by it because you really wouldn't notice right. it. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. So maybe I'm thinking I might want to uh, get some fluorescent paint, maybe mark the edges and uh, do some things. Plus the the the. I think I'm I'm going to come up with a little bit different way of clipping it off. So, uh, but you know that's unfortunately, you know, I probably had sixty bucks into that by the time it's all said and done with the extra memory card and batteries. But it was enough. It was it wasn't going to be it wasn't a dive camera to last long for me. Uh, it's a semi disposable, and I need to upgrade to something nicer. Now the thing is just going to be: do I upgrade to video or do I just go with a little bit nicer? Uh, Still, ah, that uh, that brings up my uh, do-it-yourself project that I, I'm working on. Um, I'm going to build a try and build a, a housing for a video camera. <clears throat> it's going to be just a purely a sealed vessel to put a video camera in, and then turn it on with a remote control, so it's running for the whole dive. And we'll see how that works out. Uh, I won't have it ready for this weekend, but I'll probably have it ready for the week uh, or the dive thereafter. Oh, I, I like the idea because I I've kind of have to say I've thought the same thing. Now, is this a flip camera? No, is... it's it's a um, uh, it's a it's a digital tape camera, and uh, it's actually Josh's camera, and he's he's volunteered it because uh, uh, he realizes it's going to be pretty cool if we can have some video. And uh, I'll, I'll build the build the vessel, and then we'll take it on uh, on a dive and see if it it's watertight. And then from there, we'll try it with a camera in it. Okay, we'll definitely post an article on that as it goes. I love those do-it-yourself scuba projects, so that'll be interesting to see. Because I've been tempted with a flip camera because I thought about you, you could they hold enough, you know, they're digital. You can get enough memory in them, and they'll just go on for the whole length of the dive. So right. you really don't have and to get I- fancy with a lot of controls on it. You know, some of the cameras, uh, some of those cameras are really, really coming down uh, in yeah. price. So oh. you know, you, it's you always flooded. kind of been the way that uh, that um, that the the camera's been less expensive than the housing, but it's even more so. In fact, some of the housings are they're giving you the camera with the housing. If you right. if, if you go to some of the, uh, and I don't know if it's actually the the housing manufacturers or the retailers that are selling it, but there, it's not uncommon to find. A camera and housing all together now. Right there, there's uh, there's several combinations out there that uh, would do very good, I would imagine. Yep. But I want to see if I can do it for next to nothing. I think that would be great. Yeah, it's, it's always a good project. Plus, then when it dies, you can go, oh, we got to get a new camera now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, she doesn't listen, does she? Right. No, I don't think so. Okay. So I think we're getting back to that time of the show again. Right. It is that time. In our never-ending quest to find all the bad scuba jokes there are to tell, we're getting to the point of the bad scuba joke of the week. So if you have a bad scuba joke, please let us know. 
Uh, you know, we, we think of it kind of like a cleansing effect, like a purging. Or is purging just another way of saying throwing up? Um, it brings yeah. up the same vision, I think. Same, same thing. Well, so, uh, you know, you can just always cancel right now because uh, other than the scuba joke, I don't, I don't think we really got anything left to say. So, are you ready? I'm ready. Brace, hold on. Here it comes. Uh, we have a scuba diver and he's shipwrecked up on a lonely and tropical shore. As he stood up, he noticed his hands were purple. He looked down at his feet, and they were purple. Worriedly, he unzipped his wetsuit, and his chest and stomach were purple. With his head in his hands, he cries, Oh my God, I've been marooned. Uh, Okay, until next week. Go out there and get wet. (laughs) Dive safe. Goodbye. All recording has been completed.